Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, May 24th. And starting off the work week on strong footing. Mark just reminds me that we are a week away from Memorial Day. (gasps) (sighs) Yay, yay. Almost five months in. I'm hoping that time starts to feel more normal again as we all normalize. I think it will. I'm feeling upbeat, Mark. I'm feeling mostly hopeful, which is amazing because, you know, usually I'm just the crazy Debbie Downer. Uh, All right. Uh, If you've got a financial question, this is the place for you because we're going to answer your question and we're also going to try to put it in some context for you and deal with your own situation. How can you help yourself? You can send us an email with lots of details. Our email address, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on our website, you're on the jillonmoney.com website. All you have to do is hit the contact button if you have a question. While you're on that website, here's what we'd like you to do. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter. I've given Mark a goal and we have to get there or else he's getting fired. I'm just kidding. It's not happening. He doesn't really work for me. We are a team. Get it? He makes me better. And uh, I don't know what I do for you, Mark, but oh yes, I compensate you for making me better. That's it. So send us your notes, hop onto the website, do all the fun things that are there. All right. This is an anonymous questioner. Hello, Jill and Mark. Thank you for taking my question. I'm a huge fan of the show. I have a lot of anxiety centered around money. Hmm. I wish you guys didn't have that, but I understand. I think I'm doing okay. Maybe I'm not. I can't shake my sense of unease. Now, it doesn't carry over to other parts of my life. Otherwise, I'm a happy, healthy woman. I live and I work in Southern California, and I purchased my first humble condominium for $385,000 just over a year ago before the world fell apart. I work for a higher education institution. I'm in administration. Due to the pandemic, they laid off uh, 23.5% of all employees within a month of me having my first ever mortgage. Gulp. Although I managed to survive the layoffs and now believe my job is secure, I spent the last year terrified that I would be the next to go. Terrible feeling, right, Mark? Terrible. As I explained this to a good friend, they recommended I open up a home equity line of credit on my condo if I qualify and not touch it. That might give me peace of mind that I had access to money if I needed. This advice sounds bananas to me. (laughs) What do you think? Are there other things I should consider doing to feel more financially secure? Here's the specifics. I'm 47, single, never married, no kids. 
figure I'm going to work till I'm 70. I like my job. I don't love it. Gross income, $100,000 a year. I have $600,000 in a 403B, $14,000 in a Roth, $25,000 in liquid savings at a bank. I've got no debt outside of my new mortgage. So it's $360,000 mortgage at three and a quarter percent. Car loan, $8,500 that remains at 2.99%. Condo's probably worth, uh, she's probably got a hundred grand in equity in that. It's worth four sixty. dollars The mortgage is three sixty. I am not contributing to retirement or a Roth right now. My employer automatically puts 10% of my salary into the 403B. It was temporarily reduced to 2% due to the pandemic. It looks like, and she says, I hope it's going to be reinstated in 2021. I have a will and a trust I established in 2020. I have life insurance through my employer, no other policy. No one's dependent on my income. I have frozen my credit with all three credit bureaus to help mitigate the risk of identity theft. I've paid off all my student loan debt. It took her 20 years. (sighs) No pension. All I will have is the employer-funded 403B, Social Security, Roth IRA, and savings. I come from a very close family unit. I was raised with an abundance of love from both parents. Although my parents did scream at each other about money regularly while I was growing up, which I think contributes to my fear, we were never taught money management. I'm smart and disciplined, but not confident in all things money. I adore you both and appreciate any advice you may have. Mark, do you have any advice right now? Can we help Anonymous feel a little bit better today? Mark says you should feel a lot better. First of all, you got 600 grand and you're only 47. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Okay. I'm wondering actually why you're not putting some more money away in savings. 25 grand in liquid savings is great, but you know, maybe beef that up a little bit. The first question you had asked was about a home equity line of credit. You could do that. It's unnecessary. You have plenty of money. You're fine. If you want to actually make yourself feel better, here's what I would do. Number one, if $25,000 in liquid savings is six to 12 months of your living expenses, then you're fine. If it's short of that, then I want you to build that up. I want you to have more money in liquid savings. As soon as you have at least six months, but 12 months might make you feel more secure, then all of your extra cash, uh, what I would do immediately is pay off your car loan. Another piece of the puzzle is to just get rid of stuff that's not serving you. And then what I think you should do is start putting money into your employer-sponsored 403B. You have a great plan, a great plan through TIAA CREF, and you should start putting money in there. But you're in good shape. There's nothing you need to worry about. You've got to take yourself off the hook. I get that you had an anxiety attack. It's been a terrible year for everyone. I feel like you're in good shape. The way that you kind of erase your your worries is you run some numbers, you make sure that you're on track for your own retirement. And I know if you did that, you would be in good shape. So all you have to do is run that. And then to beef up your nerve, Throw a little extra money in liquid savings. I know it's not serving you. It won't earn a lot of money. doesn't matter. It'll make you feel better. All right. Evelyn says she's got land that's been in her family for years. It's in another state. What's the best way to turn it over to my two adult children and protect it from having to go towards long-term care of my husband and myself? We have more than enough assets to cover our, our care as we age. I also want to sh- ensure that it stays in our family. You got to go talk to a lawyer. 
Um, one thing you can do is you can put it into a trust, a personal residence trust. You know, you can actually have it in trust or you can actually deed it to your kids. Now, here's the thing. If you deed it to them, then they get the original cost basis. So what I would do, Evelyn, is I would go talk to an estate attorney and discuss what how this piece of property weaves into your overall estate plan. Okay. Um, this is the second time I'm asking a question. I'm stalking you. <laughs> uh, this is from Anita. I appreciate your ability to help me and so many others who just need a sounding board for some important decisions and financial questions. Thank you and Mark for the show and your insights. Okay. Here's a question regarding being single versus married. So much of the data out there seems geared towards married individuals and families. I often read about household net worth. I never find sources that delve into whether you need the same net worth as a single person versus married. Clearly, the tax laws and other laws favor those who are married filing jointly. Amen. And so do various tax brackets, et cetera. It seems like singles overpay for not being married. Yeah, that's called the penalty. In your opinion, do single people end up paying more the same or slightly less in expenses than married people with no children. So absolutely, the tax code is really crappy when it comes to singles. It's, it's a long reason why. And I'll explain that at another time. But let me just say, the tax code, it favors single people. The tax code, it, fa- it favors buyers versus renters. I have a lot of Like I have a lot of complaints about the tax code. So that's number one. In terms of planning, when I was a financial planner way back when, the idea was that a married couple would need more money than a single person, but it's not twice as much, okay? Meaning that let's pretend Mark and I are married. We only need one home, but we still have two people who are eating and two people who have healthcare issues and two people who who are going to buy stuff. So it's not double, but it's not the same, right? So let's find out what's going on with you. I've done well financially, writes Anita. I'm turning 58 soon and I will be soon retiring from my full-time job. I have $560,000 to basically get between this 58 and 65, 220,000 in a brokerage, $870,000 in IRAs, which I will not touch until 70 or later, a pension at age 65, which is $20,000 a year for life. If I claim social security later, close to age 70, it'll be $3,000. If it's full retirement age, $2,500. My total current net worth, $1.9 million plus or minus, depending on market fluctuations. I plan to work part-time through my retirement and keep active by volunteering. I'm also planning on doing some Roth conversions. Should I, as a single person, have more, less, or the same as married folks? First of all, who cares? You have enough for you. That's what I would say. Forget about what the married people are doing. She says her expenses are about 75 or 80 grand a year. You got no problems. You got no problems at all. So I think you're in fantastic shape. I would keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about the marriage penalty or the single penalty. You got money. You're rocking it, girl. So don't worry. You're in a very good situation. She says that uh, one podcaster focuses on retirement said singles need 70% or less than married. Who cares? This is why I can't stand some of these people who are uh, essentially trying to give these really weird rules of thumb. 
the rules of thumb are ridiculous. All I care about is what's going on for you. Okay. You're in great shape. I don't know what to say, Mark. Is there anything else that I can say to make Mark says, stop comparing yourself to a situation that does not apply to you at all. Amen, Mark. Dang. Okay. This is from Lauren who is talking about retirement account options. I work uh, part-time as needed for three companies and a small LLC. My husband works full-time. And this year we plan to increase to the maximum his Roth 401k contribution. We're only doing about half of that to the account. We both have Roth IRAs. We max them out. Since I don't have a retirement account, I can actively contribute to because, you know, basically she's sort of just think of her as a contract worker. I decided to open a SEP IRA. But before I funded it, I opened a, a uni 401k because my understanding is that I would have the 25% contribution limit with a SEP, but I wouldn't have it with the 401k. My LLC is just a small side job. I didn't want to have that be a constraint but still would only be able to contribute a maximum of about $1,000 a month to it. Is it even worth my effort to have this account as well as the others? Does my 401k have to be funded via my business banking account? It's through Fidelity. Are there options to make it a Roth account? <sighs> Mark, that's quite a question, huh? Let's start with this. Can you have a SEP IRA that is a Roth? I don't think so. Okay, so first of all, we don't think that you can have a SEP IRA, which is a simplified employee pension account, that is a Roth. So that's number one. So in that respect, let's just kind of ditch that as the idea. So if you're looking at a SEP IRA, just to give everyone the, the numbers here, the SEP limit is, as noted here, 25% up to $290,000 of compensation. It's limited to a maximum annual contribution of 58,000. So obviously she's not getting 58,000 in here because she's only doing a thousand dollars a month. However, when you have that uni 401k, you can make it a Roth 401k. And so I think that you probably would just want to use the 401k, make it a Roth as long as this makes sense for you guys, right? And does it have to be funded through your business banking account? It doesn't have to be, but it's better if it is. How about that? So I would just do it that way. And I would talk to the folks at Fidelity and they'll help you out with this since you have a relationship there. Okay. Last question of the day from Mark who says, good morning. May I ask you where you got the dress that you wore on CBS this morning on Friday, May 14th? Who makes it? My wife would look smashing in it. At the end of the show, they should list who provides the wardrobes. They used to do that. Thanks. You know why they don't do that at the end of the show? Because we don't have wardrobe budgets anymore. At least I don't. Here is the big issue, Mark, and I apologize. I'm like the princess in the pea when it comes to clothing. When there's a tag, it drives me insane. So that dress, I know that dress. I know that I probably got it at Saks Fifth Avenue a long time ago, but I have absolutely no idea who made that dress because I remove all tags because they tend to bother me. Did you know that about me, Mark? 
Yeah, you do learn something new every single day. I apologize for you, Mark, the questioner. Um, but thanks for the nice note. I do appreciate it. All right. Uh, that's it. That is the program for the day. Uh, we are so happy when you send us your notes. We're also happy when you pass along this podcast to somebody who you think could be helped by it. So send a link or just shoot them a, a link to our website or tell everybody you know that this is a podcast called Jill on Money and you can actually follow us or subscribe to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. That might be an Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Odyssey or Google Play, wherever we don't care. We just want you to make sure you don't miss a single episode. We also want to make sure that you wash your hands and you wear your masks and, you know, again, if you're inside, uh, maintain that physical distancing. Maybe it's a good idea to maintain your physical distancing no matter what in life. Give a little room here. Don't let's not crowd each other. And uh, do something nice for someone else today. We really appreciate that you listen every day and we are grateful for you. So thank you so much. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.